A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. Hi, everybody. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, on the chair, I've got Noli. Um, I'm quite excited um, to, to actually have a conversation with Noli. Um, she's quite energetic. She's an amazing woman. Um, and, and yeah, I love, I love meeting different people for these conversations that we have. Uh, thank you for following us. And if you're seeing us for the first time, please subscribe and listen. And I hope you really take something out of these conversations. If you like them, please share or comment and give us some feedback because we always love to hear what you have to say about the conversations that we're having. Noli, I'm happy to have you. How are you doing? Hi, Mpume. Thank you very much. I'm doing very well. It's been a long day, but apart from that, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm great. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad to have you on the chair, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so please, please just introduce yourself. People always do a better job than I do. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So my name is Nali Maudu uh, by profession in inverted commas. I am the executive head of business intelligence, analytics, planning and monitoring at FNB South Africa within the Connect Me business unit. I am also the country head for SAWOL, which stands for Strategic Africa Women in Leadership. I am a wife, a mother, um, a sister and a daughter. Um, I think, yeah, and most importantly, also a good friend. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, those things um, should actually define me and describe me. Wow. As I was saying to you before, I think your portfolio just sounds amazing um, and, and sounds like a very big portfolio. So in my, in my life in corporate, I worked a lot with business intelligence because those are the people yeah. who tell me where things are at and, and do my data analysis and, and, and stuff. So I've got big respect for, for that portfolio. So nice to have you. Thank you very much, Bume. And thank you for having me today. It truly is my pleasure. No, I'm, I'm glad. So today with Unoli, we are looking at women leadership, um, but looking at the importance of mentorship and sponsorship. Um, you hear a lot about it is ideal for you to get a mentor. It is ideal for you to get a sponsor in, 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 in corporate. So, Noli, let's just break it down. What does mentorship mean and what does sponsorship mean? All right. So I just want to start by saying that mentorship and sponsorship are powerful tools for personal access, sorry, personal success and building stronger workforces, right? And I think most of the time people kind of have those two things confused and they think it's one and the same thing. But as much as they're similar, they are actually different. So just to describe um, mentorship, I think in the simplest way is for me, a mentor is somebody that talks to you, right? So they share their experiences, their expertise, 
um, and they guide you um, with regards to your career, your goals, your plans and aspirations. And then on the other hand, you've got a sponsor. And by definition, for me, a sponsor is somebody that talks about you. So they speak to your capabilities um, in other contexts and in rooms that you're not invited in. And most of the time they have power and or influence and are mostly in senior management or the C-suite or even in board level. Wow. So somebody is listening to us and saying, where do I find these people? Does it have to be the same person? Does it have to be different people? And what does this look like? All right. So finding them is normally the tricky part, but they're actually honestly everywhere. They are in your corporates, in your circles, in your network, right? Um, And it's also just distinguishing the two. As I said, for a, a, for a mentor, it's somebody that's going to talk to you and guide you, right, and share their expertise. So ideally, you want somebody who's in a more senior position in your corporate, who's, not, who's doing something similar to what you're currently doing from a career perspective. So you want to either emulate the same career trajectory or path that they followed, or even advance from that. Um, and then with regards to a sponsor, and this is where then um, it gets a bit tricky because it's not easy to find a sponsor because from a sponsorship perspective, these are people who need to actually advocate for you and they need to put their reputation on the line to speak about you in those rooms that you're in. So um, ideally, from a mentor perspective, you want to identify somebody who is either in senior management or executive to say, okay, please, can you mentor me for these reasons? Um, And I mean, there's also a lot of programs that currently exist um, outside of even corporates. Um, You've got the, I mean, there's boardroom chats. There's even at Sowell, we also have a mentorship program. There's a lot of mentorship programs that you can even get online. But a lot of corporates nowadays have formal mentorship programs that people could actually apply to. With regards to sponsorship, on the other hand, you would ideally want to identify an executive um, or C-suite um, person to actually help sponsor you. And that one would actually be more informal as compared to mentorship, because the mentorship, you actually have to plan it with regards to even having a formal mentorship agreement, when you're going to meet, why you're going to meet, what goals you're going to have in place, etc. Like it's a formal arrangement, whereas in the sponsor, I ideally could have actually heard of Mbume in corporate and I've heard about how amazing she is. She's a high performer, A, B, C, and D. And then I would then decide that this is somebody that I actually would want to actually help advocate and advance in their career. Um, so you could either do it two ways or you actually ask somebody officially, but otherwise sometimes it actually happens that through your networks, you, you end up having a sponsor um, like indirectly. Um, and I think that was also like my case, how I ended up having my sponsor. Um, so they're out there. You actually officially look for people where you actually have a fit, where you guys actually identify and you actually have things in common where you've got, especially from a principles and values perspective. And then you ideally go to that person and actually ask them to mentor you. And you could do the same thing from a sponsorship perspective. But what I've realized that helps sponsorship is visibility. Mm-hmm. Visibility, I think, is key, especially in corporate, if you're going to want people to actually sponsor you. Because in that way, they end up hearing about Mbume and the good work Mbume is actually doing and will end up speaking about you in those rooms that you're not in. Yeah. 
I'm glad you're touching on the visibility part because it, it's something that has nagged me for a while. <laughs> and, and the reason why is, you know, in, in corporate, that line that says you are not visible enough. Yeah. And, and I experienced that at some point in my career where I'm being told you're not visible enough. And I'm thinking, like, what do you mean? What does that mean? Can you just break it down for us? So I think visibility for me is something that's actually very important. And unfortunately, a lot of women are not cognizant of and actually don't do very well. Whereas in men, I don't know whether this is a conversation they have in boys clubs or when they're playing golf to actually be more visible. But you will actually find that men put their hands up more at work than females do. I don't know whether we're taught to actually be meek, be the wallflower in that boardroom where you're seen and not heard, unfortunately. And therefore, we actually then get um, overlooked um, for certain assignments. So when it comes to visibility, I always say that, especially as women, you always need to put your hand up, especially for the stretch assignments. And this is where most of the time you end up getting other stakeholders and other people within the business that don't know you getting to know about you from those type of stretch assignments that are not typical of the day-to-day work that you currently do. Um, That is something that, yeah, women need to actually start doing more of that guys do very well. The other thing is, is from a networking perspective within your organization is to actually make sure, um, I call it a stakeholder matrix, right? So with the ladies that I mentor, I actually ask them to actually create a stakeholder matrix with regards to who all the important people are at work in order for us to then target them to actually be visible towards so that you actively want to either connect to that person, have coffee with that person to introduce yourself. So they actually start knowing actually there's a movement that actually exists within this organization. So you do it in the form of people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis that would normally be people within internal business units or internal also within your team. And then you then, um, that would then be from a micro perspective. And then you move out um, into the bigger organization where you identify which are the CEOs and the CIOs, et cetera, um, that you want to be visible towards based on your actual role and career trajectory. There's no point in actually being visible to people that will actually end up not adding any value to your work, um, your career path, especially looking at the trajectory that you actually want to take. Um, so the networking is very important, internal and also external um, to, to, to um, your organization, which is where I think also a lot of women don't get it right. You just want to focus internally, whereas in external networking could end up opening up a lot more doors for you from a networking perspective. And that's where you could even end up having mentors because they always don't need to be within the organizations that you're actually in. Um, And then the other thing was the regards to um, visibility is speaking up in the meetings, because that's the other thing we don't do. We'll actually sit there and we'll keep quiet and we'll let people speak for us or over us. You actually want your voice to be heard, right? So you want to make sure that you actually speak up and not for the sake of speaking up. What you're saying must actually be of value, right, to the people that you're speaking to. Um, And that is part of the whole getting yourself to be visible. Um, so it's those type of things that yeah, yeah people need to actually start looking at. But what what if you feel like 
all the things that are being said in the meeting have been said and you always just feel like I don't have much to say because that's a reality with other people. You just, you're thinking, I don't want to say, as you say, I don't want to just be speaking for the sake of speaking. Correct. Like how do you, how do you acquire that skill of knowing? Um, and sometimes people have a fear of, I don't want to sound stupid, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so how do you deal with all those things? So the one thing I say to the ladies that I mentor that I do myself is preparation will take you miles from your competitors. So I always make sure that I know what the context of the meetings that I'm going to be attending are about. And that way I can actually prepare for them. And this is where you can then plan ahead with regards to even some of the points that you are actually going to make based on the topic at hand. Um, that helps then by equipping yourself. So yes, you're not going to speak, you've got nothing of value to actually add, but if you're actually prepared, chances of you then actually speaking up are actually higher than if you weren't actually prepared, right? Um, so that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a fine balance. But for me, I think, yeah, um, as they like saying, cleanliness is, is next to godliness. I believe preparedness is also next to godliness. So that would actually <laughs> really put you in good stead with regards to then the contributions that you actually make in those type of meetings. Um, and then you also spoke about um, where some things have already been said, right? So yes, if you've got nothing else to contribute, don't force the issue because you do end up being in those meetings where some people speak for the sake of speaking because they want their voice to be heard. You also don't want to be that person. They're like, oh gosh, Mbume's at it again. Like she, she's talking, but she's not adding value. And yeah. also, as you know, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Um, for me, what I've realized is when you're asking something, chances are somebody else in the room who also has the same question or also has the same gap um, in their knowledge and or expertise. So as much as you may sound stupid, I, chances are it will benefit other people within that meeting. And I mean, even at my level, um, I always make sure I ask the stupid questions just to also get that clarity, right? Because mm -hmm. it will help you can get the clarity in order for you then to be able to do your job better. Yeah. And and how do you deal with, with people that speak over you in meetings? Oh, that was my pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with my personality, I will honestly let you finish because for me, it's a personality thing. Whereas um, some people really like to being heard for the sake of being heard or for wanting to actually sound intelligent more than the next person. So I normally allow them to say what they want to say, but I think also now, and I love Teams, <laughs> or this whole working virtually, where you get to put your hand up, right? So once yeah. you're done talking, then I'm gonna put my hand up and actually say the points that I was gonna say. Um, and normally, and this is what men do very well, they'll take the point that you've made and reword it, and it sounds amazing, but you've said the exact same thing. I will actually go back and reiterate after the fact, even if you've taken my idea, changed it, I will also still pick my hand up and actually reiterate it because you actually want to prove a point, right? Um, because you, you, at times you get sick of being overlooked, which is the other thing, is in mm. they always know Bume has the good ideas, always the valuable things to say, and Nolly is always the quiet one. So I'll also make sure that my point is actually heard and it's also of value. I really try and not speak um, for if I really have nothing to say. My CEO actually knows. There's meetings I'll actually keep quiet in the whole time because for me, I really 
there's, there's nothing that I'm adding to the conversation that's actually going to drive it forward. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and, and sometimes it does take that skill. It also takes the confidence of just knowing when to, when to speak and not to speak and not, as you say, just speak just for the sake of doing it. So, so Nani, if I just wanted to add something. Sorry, yeah. I'm cutting you off. Not I think sure. the other no, thing that I just need to put out there and um, that I also said to also my mentees, and I even said it at Exco yesterday, not everybody is skilled at storytelling. Mm. That is really a skill. So you get those people that will speak over you or will say the same thing in a flamboyant way or such interesting way that people it grabs people's attention. So one of the things I always say is, try and actually do storytelling training. That will actually also help you in how you actually tell your story, how you build your confidence. And in that way, that will also make you um, find your voice in the things that you need to say in the boardroom and outside of it. Yeah, no, I love, I love that point that you're making. And if you can get that right, I think it, it, takes, it takes you far because even when you're doing presentations, if you're clear about, and, and the first thing, if you learn about what is the story that I want to tell, yes. and then you craft, you craft your message and, and your slides based on the story that you want to tell. I think that's, that's a very good, uh, it's a good thing for somebody to learn. And it's a skill not everybody can. Because sometimes sure. you sit through this presentation and it's slide after slide and you're just like, but why are we here? What was this all about? <laughs> because Very the story is not, is not clear. You're not sure of what the point is that is being, is being made. But if, you're, if your premise is, what is the story that I want to tell? And then yeah. you build your deck based on that. I think it's, it's, it's the best thing that you can do. And it, takes, and it brings confidence. That's what I've discovered. Because now you're owning the story that you want to, to tell in the room and, and everybody then listens to what you are saying. No, no, it does 100%. And I mean, you would know, as you said, you worked with BI and the BI and analytics guys, most of them are actually introverts. They actually yeah. don't like talking. Um, and that for me is something that I also make sure that in order to actually, I, I make sure that I pick on people to actually speak in meetings or even present to actually help build their confidence because I can't be advocating visibility in this and whatever if I'm not actually helping them within the team that I'm actually in. So that's, mm -hmm. as I said, that, that that's, um, storytelling training has come in very well um, within the team. And I think so even some of the broader um, functional areas that we actually operate in and to just to help people find their voice, to be able to actually drive the point, to be able to add that value. So yeah, no, it's something I'd really do advocate for. Yeah, no, 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 I, I love that. And, and having worked with BI a lot, what I found is some of the guys were more just about the data and they can just tell you just about the data, but the element of bringing what, and they will say business, what business would like to hear and yeah. the so what. And um, that for me used to be the most important thing. Like, so you've told me this whole thing about the numbers. So what, you know, yes. <laughs> what's the next step from that? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. them. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no. Cool. So, but let's go back to, to the sponsorship part, because I think, I think a lot of people do understand the mentorship part, right? Because yeah. I think that that's something that is, is kind of well known 
to a certain point. But this sponsorship element is, is still very unknown. Other people have done it, but it's not a very common uh, thing that people do. Like, you have you gone through the actual experience of being sponsored by somebody or sponsoring somebody? Um, I have uh, both me being sponsored and actually sponsor sponsoring. So can you and take us through the two and I'll, how I'll you did was? Yeah. And my one was honestly not planned with regards to how I actually got my sponsor. Um, so I was working at a previous employer um, and I actually felt that um, I was being underutilized, particularly with regards to the skills and experience that I had. So I then made it um, uh, intentional for me to actually find a person um, in executive, in an executive um, the position that I was actually aligned to the career trajectory that I have and or wanted. Um, and I decided to actually go and speak to this person regarding data and analytics because I actually found that they weren't actually doing it well. It's one of those things I was just an afterthought, right? And I think especially in the ops environment, people never actually, well, until recently, data was always an afterthought with regards to implementation of even projects, digitalization, et cetera. So I then decided to actually set up um, a meeting in his diary through his PA. He, he was actually the MD of, of a business unit. Um, tried that a couple of times. It actually didn't work where he'd cancel last minute, he was busy, all of that. And then this one Friday, I was like, I'm not going home until I actually go and see this person, right? Um, and by God's grace, he was in his office on a Friday, 4 p.m., went in, I knocked, I asked if he has time for me, seeing that the other meetings have been canceled. And he was like, yeah, no, he definitely has time. We went into the boardroom and um, I actually then started presenting to him my thoughts and ideas and what I thought that the business unit should actually be doing. Um, with that being said, he actually stopped me like during like the presentation and he was like, nope, wait, I'm going to bring in somebody else. And he actually brought in another exec to actually sit and listen to me while I actually presented to him. So I ended up presenting to them for like an hour and then, you know, there's questions and all of that. Um, so that ended up being like, close to two hours we actually sat on that friday from four until six and it was a great feedback session with regards to just my ideas and what i thought that we should be doing and from there he actually told the other exec um maybe that exec should actually put me in his team to actually drive some of these ideas forward um but that company unfortunately a month or two later went through restructuring and they were retrenching right um, and literally that's where the conversation ended. That was in March. Um, I remember it very well. So I carried on with my life. I even changed business units. Um, and then November, that same year, out of the blue, he calls me and says, listen, there's this position. Is it something that you're going to be interested in? And it's actually a competitor of um, the company we were working at. But it was an executive position that he thought I would just be amazing for. And he had actually already put in a good word for me with the CEO on the other side based on the presentation I did for him in March. This is wow. November, right? Um, so he was like, as soon as you get home, send me your CV. I'll send it through, right? And I was like, okay, cool. And I did that. Um, and then I got called, I think, two days later for an interview. Um, and it's a panel interview 
you HR, the all the other execs, etc. Um, you know how those go, and then you've got to do presentations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's the fact that he literally put his name on the line over a two-hour session we had, like literally months before, to say, I think this person would be ideal for this position. Um, and clearly I ended up working there. So the CEO was like, this guy was like, no, trust me, this lady knows her stuff and she'll be a good fit, you know, and she's black and she, I mean, she's female. What more do you guys want? And I mean, they actually had that vacancy for that position for 11 months. So wow. they've been looking for somebody. So yeah, long story short, I ended up getting that job and it was most all because of him speaking about me in rooms I was definitely not in. Like whether they're playing golf or how the conversation actually happened, I really don't know, but it did happen. And I ended up getting that job. Um, and then similarly, I actually realized that I needed to do the same for others, right? Because I think most of the time um, we are over-mentored and under-sponsored. As you say, like a lot of people don't know about the sponsorship component. And for me, it is actually very critical to actually help progress women in leadership positions, especially in these corporates, is via that sponsorship element. So as an example, like literally yesterday, we had EXCO. And at the end of the EXCO, one of my EXCO members was talking to our head of HR and they're talking about some vacancies that he actually has. And I overheard that conversation. So I literally just stopped him in his track and the other EXCO members were there. And I was like, wait up, I actually know a female that would be perfect for that position. If it's not filled, I've worked with her before. She's got ABCD skills and like literally she's a unicorn. And the other execs heard this and they were like, oh my goodness, like, where did you find this person? Like, no, I've worked with her. I can vouch for her. And they actually said, I must get the CV of this lady in today. This is after I spoke about her ex yesterday. And I called her up. I was like, please update your CV. Please send it through to me. I'm going to send it through um, for this position. And I'm like, it is because that is something I had also experienced and it also felt good that it happened to me. And I was like, okay, let me do that for somebody else. Because at times some of these doors we don't even know about. It's not like some of these positions aren't even um, advertised. It's internal positions that certain people know about, right? That will fill in based on people that they know. And at other times um, there's too many gatekeepers to getting yeah. some of these positions. And this is where then the sponsorship element becomes very important, where Mpume can actually speak on behalf of Nolly's abilities and put your reputation on the line based on what you know about me. And this is where it's also very important that the sponsor can't just advocate for you with actually knowing your abilities, because then what are they selling? What are they advocating for? They need to know yeah. that you are able to do this and you can do it well. Because they don't want you ended up getting that job and it actually backfires on them when you end up not being a high performer, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that is just my experience so far. <laughs> no, 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 which is great because you know that, like, you don't want to advocate, you wouldn't advocate for somebody that you don't know their capabilities because it, come back, it, it comes back to haunt you. You know exactly. that line, yo, Nolumunduwako is not performing. <laughs> and it it's is. the only one that on your name and I think that element of being able to speak for somebody when they're not in the room for me has always been the thing 
because I think that's how we all um, move around. They, they, they talk about that there is a black market when it comes to jobs because there's a market where vacancies never get advertised. Like within the business, the conversation becomes, do you know somebody who's got this skill? Do you know somebody who's got this skill? And and CVs get passed around in that way. But the trick becomes you as somebody who's looking for the role. How can you tap in to that black market? How are you going to be able to filter that black market, which is a very tricky exercise? It is tricky. And this is why the networking component is extremely important because there's no way you're going to end up getting that sponsor or getting that mentor if you have a network, right? Um, uh-huh. It is also ideal if your sponsor, I mean, sorry, your, your mentor ends up also being your sponsor. So that will then um, be a beautiful thing because of the advancements they can also make based on the relationship you already have. So the networking internally, externally, you need to make sure that you actually do it. Um, I mean, and even still in my position, it's something that I make sure I purposely and intentionally do is get to know who all the big players are within the current organization that I work in and also make sure that they get to know me, not for the sake of just getting to know me, but also for my work. The one thing I pride myself in is I'm a high performer and I believe in meritocracy. So the quality of my work speaks for itself. And I'll give you an example. I I was on maternity leave um, earlier on this year. When I got back, um, the group chief data analytics officer uh, and I had a meeting and he was like, gosh, Nolly, we missed you. Like I could actually feel that you weren't around, right, for those four months. And for me, those are those things that you want for yourself is even if you're gone, they can actually feel your absence. Um, and, and he was actually saying, I was actually speaking about you in A, B, C, and D, um, um, Xcos and other spaces. And through me doing good work and it's speaking for itself, that was also unintended that he ends up speaking about me in other areas in the bank that I didn't even know about. Um, and I literally found out Three weeks ago, yeah, because I had gone on, 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 on vacation. I came back this past weekend. Before I went on vacation, I actually found out that he actually nominated me in the bank for two committees. And he spoke very highly of me. And this is after literally having three conversations with the guy. And he then said he had heard about me in the bank. And that was also somehow an indirect sponsorship uh, to help elevate me in the bank. And those are things that unfortunately won't happen if you're not purposeful and intentional about yourself, your work, and how you actually put your work out there and you're delivering quality work. Yeah, and and I love this. Tuesday and today, I was actually doing a lecture on, on personal branding, and and it spoke to some of the things that you're saying. So I'm sitting here all smiling to myself. <laughs> because... No, Because that element of being intentional about building your brand, and and that is the point that I keep making, that you find most people saying, no, why do I have to do it? And and the reality is that whether you realize, either way, you've got a brand that you're creating. The best thing that you can do for yourself is being intentional about it. And it's not just a by the way. Because a by the way might have all sorts of other things because you are not in control of the of the narrative and all those other things. 
So I get fascinated like when it's playing out, you know, <laughs> in, in, in corporate. That for me is like, yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Mama, I agree with you 100%. And that is something I always tell my mentees. I'm like, you are a walking billboard. I am yep. Nolly Maudu PTYLTD, right? In yeah. any environment, in any space that I'm in, people need to know about that brand have an impact of that brand, understand what the brand is, what it's about. So when you leave that room, you have that lingering, oh, Nolly was here, right? Um, and it really is about, as you're saying, it, it literally is about personal branding. And unfortunately, a lot of people aren't aware that that also helps with um, you being visible. That also helps in actually elevating you um, in the position that you're in to other positions that you want to be in is if you put that brand forward and actually invest in it and are intentional in it, then yeah, you're good to go. Yeah. And and it takes it takes an effort. It doesn't have to be overwhelming, but yes. just that intent on its own, at least you become aware of you become aware of the things um that you might need to do. You become aware of how you need to show up or how you want to show up. It's not even a need how you yes. want to show up because it's about you and how then you control that. And as you say, putting up your hand um, for projects is a very tricky thing uh, for most people. Um, because, and this makes me cringe when people are just about their job description. This is my work and this is my job description. And I always say, if you want any um, success in corporate, if you're just thinking about your job description, you are not going to get anywhere. Yes. Because reality is you need to put up your hand, even for something that is in another department that has got nothing to do with you. Mm. And when you show that enthusiasm, it really, really helps. Because then people start talking about the stuff that you're doing. No, I agree 100%. <laughs> I, I, I wish, you know, I, I had pom-poms just, just to like <laughs> show how much I agree with you, with actually what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. So, so Noli, what are the three things that you'd like somebody to take out of this conversation? Um, all right. So first and foremost is get yourself a mentor if you already don't have one. I think mentors do have a pivotal role to play, especially in helping guide people with regards to their career paths and career trajectories, right? Um, and then also get yourself a sponsor. We can't over uh, underplay how much how valuable a sponsor actually is, um, whether it's internal or external to your environment, whether it's in the circle that you operate in, or anywhere that actually is um, going to be a place that is of value and also aligned to where you want to go with your career. Try and find that sponsor, and also show your wares to that sponsor. Um, the one thing that I did very well um, for me when I went to go see my sponsor and, well, my indirect sponsor was having a portfolio of evidence. So this is something that I actually say, you need to be able to show your wares. How are you going to be able to show your wares unless you actually show them proof of what you can actually do? You can't just say, I know A, B, C, and D, and I'm good at this. They can't just believe you. It needs to be through a portfolio of evidence based on the work that you've actually done, based on your skills and experience. And that's the only way then they'll be able to then advocate for you in those spaces that you won't have access to. Right. Um, and the other thing that we said, and these for me are 
I'm going to list four instead of three, unfortunately. No, as you said, visibility is key. Um, visibility is key, especially from a sponsorship perspective, because um, that actually helps solidify what your sponsor will be saying in those rooms that you're not in. If people actually know about you, they know you exist, they know of the work that you're doing um, in whatever environment that you're actually operating in. Um, and then the networking. Because yes, the mentorship and sponsorship won't exist without you actually networking and putting yourself out there um, and making sure that people then get to know about you and who you are. Making sure you raise your hand as part of that networking, right? Um, sometimes things won't happen unless you actually speak up and actually put yourself out there. And I'll give you a typical example is for me um, to do, start doing my speaking engagements. I actually started attending conferences and the, actually the first conference I attended, um, I actually met the organizer and MD of that conference. And I actually walked up to him and actually told him, this is who I am, this is the experience that I have. And on your next conference, please could you invite me as a speaker? And he actually did, because I actually kept in touch. Um, and I ended up being invited. And then it ended up being a, um, a, a cascading effect of that. Uh, where that then actually grew um, my brand and the awareness of who I actually was outside of my corporate environment. And I ended up then finding people to mentor me outside of my organization, also based on the exposure they've had of me in those external environments. So this, is, this can only happen if you're intentional and purposeful about yourself and where you want to go. So all those things are then linked or underpinned by that, being intentional and being purposeful and making sure that you show up for yourself. Yeah. You, you know, in, you touched on the networking thing. Um, so, and I'm, I'm extremely bad at it. I'm really, I'm an introvert. So I really have to dig deep for some of these things. And like, what do you say to people? I'm getting better at it, but it's not something that comes naturally with me to make an example. Like how, what do you say to people around networking and, and, and like, what's the best, like, what are those skills or what are those tips that you can give some of us? Um, unfortunately, we all are not good at networking. I'm going to say including myself, as much as I'm talkative, I'm bubbly, I'm that person. Um, because I initially don't like also meeting new people. I'm, I'm comfortable in the environment that I'm in. But sometimes you actually need to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. That's the only way we grow as people um, is being intentional to say, OK, I'm going to this event and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to at least meet three people that I knew that I don't know. Right. And you literally force yourself to walk up to Mbume. Hi, Mbume, I'm Nali. This is who I am. This is what I do. What do you do? Right. Um, then you actually start growing the conversation from there. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen unless you actually push yourself out of that comfort zone to intentionally do it. Um, and the other thing for me that helps is actually practicing. Right. And being prepared to say, OK, fine, if I'm going to network, these are the four or five things that I want to speak about that will actually highlight who I am and, and what I can do and maybe are of interest to people. Is that elevator pitch, you know, pitch, having yeah. the that, yes, that that 30 second elevator pitch. It's exactly that. 
And the only way you can hone into it is if you actually practice. Um, whether you're doing it in front of the mirror to your dog, I don't care who you do it with. It actually helps practicing, especially for the introverts. The extroverts, they don't need much guidance. They, they, they really know just what to do. Um, and I think with that, you'll end up even surprising yourself with regards to what you can actually do and the abilities of um, how you actually talk and, and um, sell yourself to people. Because, um, yes, we're all not good at it. But, and also, these are all skills that can be learned. Like, I'm a huge advocate for um, uh, what says personal development. So for me, if the skills that you don't have but want to acquire and or feel are missing, why aren't you actually empowering yourself with those? So I always make sure that I sign myself up for courses, for training. Um, like even in my team, I've got a nice budget for proper training for the guys in my team for exactly that. Whether it's on the soft skills or the technical stuff. Um, but especially soft skills, because we always kind of overlook the soft skills component. And for me, those are the ones that will actually help advance us, especially um, to back up our technical abilities. Yeah, no, I, I love that because I've battled with the networking thing. I would, even if I do force myself to go, I just want to find one person in a corner and I think, OK, at least one conversation happened. And it's like, OK, I tried. But I'm, I'm, it, it really takes me out of my comfort zone, but I've, I've been pushing myself. And now that I've, 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 I've started entrepreneurship, people are introducing me to people. Yeah. And, and, and I'm finding that I'm actually enjoying meeting people because I'll be <laughs> like, yeah, definitely virtual coffee. Let's do this, you know? Yay. And then I'm there and I'm like, hey, and I'm thinking after this, I'm just like, oh, <gasps> that was- <laughs> but yeah I think it, it it's something that you we all need to push ourselves if we really want to grow and and grow our networks because a lot comes out of that and and I know I've I've, I've learned from that it takes a lot emotionally because it's not something I'm used to but yeah. I think once you get into it you you just need to be intentional and deliberate amen Agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you, Noli, for for the time. So, where do people find you in the social media streets if they want to get in touch? <laughs> okay, not a problem. So, I think the main place that they can actually find me is LinkedIn. If they literally just search Noli Maudu, I'm very sure they'll see this pretty face. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then same thing for Instagram and Twitter. It's just Noli Maudu. I think I'm the only one last time I checked. Um, and they can feel free to drop me a DM or a message. Um, otherwise, they can email me. Um, so my email address is... okay. N for Nepal, B for Bravo, O for Oscar, M for Mother, E for Elephant, L for Lima, A for Apple. So nformela at gmail.com. It's my maiden surname. Okay. So okay. feel free to just drop me an email. Otherwise, yeah, I normally do respond to messages and DMs that are work or career related, to be clear. Yeah, not the high. You know, no, I, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> and, and I always say to people, how about you say, hi, I am so-and-so and I need one, two, three, four. Simple. Exactly. And we all move on with life, you know? 
Thank you. Thank you, Noli. Um, I really, really appreciate your time. So for anybody who's been listening to us, um, it's been quite an exciting conversation. And if you loved it, please um, share, give us some comments. And if you were finding us for the first time, subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast and we will be having more of these change conversations. And thank you. And thank you. Thank you, Noli. I highly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for the honor of me sitting in your presence and for us having such a beautiful conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast, Please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Mbedaga signing out and I will see you again next week.